You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, the captain of the ship, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, and today we're talking about a couple reveals that we've seen in the last couple of weeks in the gaming industry. Um, it's been a very, very exciting couple of weeks. I think both of you would agree, so let's just go ahead and hop right into it. Um, first game we want to talk about is Dying Light 2. We got this reveal, obviously, I think at this point it's about two weeks ago. I don't think it was last week. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong there. Um he has a December release date, and I think for all intents and purposes, there's a lot to be excited about for fans of this series. Kyle, me and you have both played the first game, so you tell me, what are some things that really stuck out to you in this gameplay reveal? Again, I think there's a lot to be excited about. The first thing that I think stuck out to me was when in the uh, in the trailer, the the main character jumped off of the roof and parachuted down to the street. And in that, I just took a moment to look around at the massive open world this game has, and I was just blown away by like all the possibilities of what could be done in this massive open world. I think that um, one of the things that we are definitely, definitely excited to see is how your decisions not only impact the story, but also the open world, like it said, you're you know the decisions you make are going to change the environment, and there's just so much environment there to change. I'm I'm beyond excited to see you know all the different things that are you know gonna gonna appear, maybe you know go away, the characters that are you know going to be introduced or taken away, all the all the all the crazy stuff that we're gonna see you know in this massive open world based off of your decisions. Um. That's that's honestly the first thing that stuck out to me. The next thing was when they were going over the combat. I think the combat, this is definitely one of the heavy hitters of Dying Light because in Dying Light 1, the combat was really, really good. I enjoyed the weapons. I enjoyed the, the hand-to-hand, the melee weapons, the ranged. And this game looks like it's taking what the first game had and ex- expanding upon that tenfold. Like... For example, <laughs> this is a word that's going to be brought up a lot, is parkour. They specifically said that you can build a class where your combat is dealt around parkour rather than using ranged or melee weapons. And I think that is so interesting that they are giving you, you know, so much more freedom, it feels like, to really uh, go about the combat any way that you please. I feel like the parkour system and, and the comp building your combat style around parkour, I feel like that's for people that are just a whole lot smarter than me. Every time I see the things that I see people pull off when they're wall running and they turn that wall run into a drop kick, all I can think is I'm not smart enough and I don't think quick enough nearly to get to put, string these kind of moves together. But you're right in that the parkour is going to be one thing that I think is gone is ratcheted up another level. Uh, ratcheted up, one way to say that, with Ratchet and Clank releasing later this week. Um but I'm with you in the sense that I love the way the world looks and how and the scale of it all. I love that. I think that from everything we've seen, it looks like it's going to be two pretty big areas that are separated from one another. Um, I think a lot of people might normally say they're not a big fan of that. Maybe in normal circumstances, I wouldn't be a fan of that. 
But I think in some games, you need that almost to help scale down the size to where it's less intimidating. Um, obviously, we've talked on this show multiple times about how open world games sometimes are just too big. Uh, you look at Odyssey, you look at uh, Valhalla in the Assassin's Creed series. I think those two games are an example of some games are just too big. But I think splitting this map up into two different playable areas is really going to benefit it. And I think that's actually something they did in the first game as well. Uh, Matt, speaking of the first game, you didn't play the first game, so you're going into this completely fresh, completely brand new. Um, I know that this one takes place 20 years after the events of the first game. Uh, tell me, where are your hype levels for this game, or where's your excitement level for this game as someone who didn't play the first game? Where are those levels now that you've seen this gameplay and you've had a chance to see this reveal? Well, uh, I gotta say I am high for it, especially as someone who is a newcomer to the series. I definitely do plan on playing the first one before the release of this. And I looks like I got plenty of time since it doesn't come out till December 7th. And a lot of the, a lot of things in this trailer caught my eye. Like I really enjoyed going back to the parkour that we saw. I like the fact that the game doesn't entirely revolve around combat, but it's, you know, it's an option. It's there. There's going to sometimes be uh, a, a time time for you to have to fight but um the parkour looks amazing just running like uh wall running jumping on from like uh crane to crane or uh i, I think i remember in the uh, new trailer that they showed us where dude does like a jump rolls and then kicks a zombie off of the roof and the open world looks really great as you mentioned being split to two sections like it looks like one giant playground in a game that has this type of gameplay there's a lot of possibility that i see there so i want to uh mention that i uh in that trailer i saw they were talking about new factions so i was really curious about that and like the uh something that revolving around how the zombies are afraid of light so i saw this kind of usage where they use these glowing lights and it kept zombies at bay so from what it looked like um during the daytime it's it's pretty linear like there's not too much combat with zombies but during at nights definitely when you have to be more strategic about which routes you take so they definitely suggested that you take the rooftops more so the fact that there's just kind of some uh you know differences in gameplay there different options i i really enjoy that so i'm very excited for this and i'm excited to play the first one and get up there with you guys I like how you were talking about, uh, you know, the nighttime stuff. Um, another thing that stuck out to me again was the new enemies they showed off. They talked about how, you know, this is quite some time after the events of the first game. And these enemies have had time to mutate and to evolve into these, you know, bigger, stronger zombies and, you know, mutations of, you know, monsters. And uh, one thing the trailer was talking about is going into the nests at night to go look for loot because they'll be empty because all the zombies are going to be out. And I think that's something that I'm really excited for because this game looks like it is not going to hold back when it comes to enemy variety. There was a there was a part where uh, it showed the gameplay right after it uh, revealed the newer enemies where he was running around and there were like, you know, there it wasn't just you know, fast or slow zombies, or it wasn't a spitter here or there, or, you know, a, a mutated runner or something. There were so many different kinds of zombies just all over, and it was so chaotic. It it actually, like, makes it, you're gonna, it looks like you're gonna panic, because <laughs> there's just so much going on, and you have to think quickly to be able to get out of that situation, and 
I'm so excited to see the enemy variety in this. I think that that's going to be one of the strong points of this game is all the new ways that we're going to go about defeating these enemies as well. I think one thing you're going to hear consistently in this episode from us is that all three of these games that we're going to talk about, they have things that you're expecting to be great in them that you don't, you almost don't have to think about. And I think for Dying Light 2, um, we expect the parkour to be great. We expect the combat to be great because the combat in the first game was fantastic. Um, they really nailed that first-person melee, which a lot of games, I know one of the biggest flops, and it's funny because I'm pretty sure it was made by the same studio, one of the biggest flops in that kind of game style was Dead Island. Um, by how it just didn't, it felt clunky and it just didn't work years ago now at this point. Um, I feel like the parkour, the combat, and you know, you both said it, and I'll just go ahead and I'll pile on, uh, the day-night cycle. This game makes the best use of the day-night cycle of any game, in my opinion, and it's because more vicious zombies come out at night. You might walk around during the day, and you might be able to just run around all these just normal zombies and normal enemies, but the dangerous ones come out at night, the ones that can one-shot you, the ones that you might not be able to take down early in the game. In fact, I remember, Kyle, in the first game, uh, those specific enemies, there was a whole mission, I'm pretty sure, dedicated to you know teaching you how to deal with them. So... I like that I like that this game seems to be really doubling down on that and seems to really really be leaning even heavier in that direction and I think that that's what you're going into this game you want that you want good parkour you want excellent combat that is rewarding and satisfying um, and you want a day-night cycle that is going to make you feel pressure every time you leave in, and you venture into the city at night and that little bit of calm you get when you get back into a safe zone after running away from a bunch of zombies. So I think there's a lot to be excited for with this game. Um, Story-wise, the first game's good. It's it's not the best. It's kind of a cheesy zombie game in that aspect. But I do like the different factions in this one, and I think that this is going to be a real step up from the first game. Now, from a game that the story is not really expected to be a huge thing, uh, going from that to our next game, that the story is going to be odds are the best odds on the best part of this game, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I am really excited for this game. I recently beat Horizon Zero Dawn and I loved it. I thought it was, you know, eight, I thought it was ten out of ten gameplay with an eight out of ten story. And I think the only downfall on that was really just some of the side characters. But, uh, Matt, let's talk about it, man. First thing, we can't talk about this reveal without just, let's just hit the low-hanging fruit where it is. Uh, this game looks fantastic. I will not get over how amazing it was re-watching that trailer um, streaming in 4K. Like, the details, the environments are so lush and the bright greens, the dark blues of the ocean, Everything looks so good. It looks so real compared to every, the environments we saw with the first game. So Gorilla really stepped it up with this, with this design, and I'm digging everything that I've seen. The, the combat mechanics look fantastic. Uh, the new climbing mechanics that they were showing off, it's still a little bit more similar to the old one. It doesn't really look like it's free climbing, but I am super excited for everything that they showed. Um when uh, Aloy jumped in the water and they showed that scene where I, I got to make a comment about the fact that I'm glad that there is no like uh, oxygen gauge unless that was just for the demo. Um, so if in the retail release, if we get that, I mean, still not that big of a deal to me, but um, 
everything looks great. Like I loved the the stealth that we saw with the machines and the, the new in, uh, enemy types. They, they kind of look like Islanders from this area, which supposedly takes place around San Francisco. Because you can see the Golden Gate Bridge off in the distance and this new mechanic that they're showing um, with the storm that they're talking about, which is definitely going to delve more into the story. So don't know too much about that. But everything just flowed so perfectly, and I looked like it was running at a beautiful 60 FPS. Uh, you could tell the ray tracing was there. They're they're really going all out with this game, and the fact that it's even a cross-platform uh, game because it will also be releasing on the PlayStation 4 does not look like it hindered it at all. So I'm super happy about that. It doesn't look like that they had to make any sacrifices. Um, they introduced a new machine type uh, with, I believe it was a mammoth. And there was a very amazing cinematic with it where Aloy is running from it and she climbs up this uh, old structure. And as she jumps, she brings out what looks like a glider, which I know a lot of people are going to be making Breath of the Wild references. I've already seen them online. And unfortunately, when Horizon Zero Dawn first came out, it's very close to the first Breath of the Wild. And there was a lot of people uh, making similarity, uh, similar comparisons, but the game stands out on its own. So just the fact that it just looks so good and just with the gliders, she's just flying across the area with the mammoth, just causing so much destruction. And on top of the mammoth, there is like this carrying uh, convoy of some of those islanders and you shoot it down and then the mammoth attacks and uh, Aloy. There's so many uh, different uh, weapon variants as well from what it looks like and to take down that mammoth and i just i rewatched that trailer so many times i cannot get enough of it if i just really hope that this game comes out this year because it is my most hyped game on the playstation other than uh ratchet and clank so kyle let, let me ask you about this man because this game the thing that stuck out the most to matt not clearly what stuck out the most to me because i mentioned it was just everything on a technical aspect you know uh, one thing we've really raved about a lot of games recently has been uh, draw distance in games, being able to see, especially in big open worlds, being able to see where we're going to go or seeing everything and it be crystal clear even when you know you're far away from it. Uh, what did you think of this game on a technical scale in terms of how it looked like it was going to run and just how realistic and all beautiful everything is? I know I, th I know that Matt took your ray tracing thing there, so you got to come up with something different. <laughs> but what but what did you think? Um so when the when the trailer first started up, um what I immediately noticed was that you know right at the beginning you start out looking at this waterfall coming down and there's just trees and bushes and all kinds of plant life everywhere. And then as she goes walking, you know, it kind of transitioned into some ruins with a small village out on the water and you meet some enemies. But then when she went up and jumped off of the cliffside into the water and it transitioned underwater and I was I was blown away that it was so expansive. I mean, when that that whole underwater section looked huge, it looked like there was so much to explore down there. And the fact that they were able to, tr you know, just transition between so many different environments so smoothly was impressive to me. I think that the detail to the environment and to the enemies, I mean, look at looking at the machines, the little details to them were so beautiful. There is there's so much to look at. I mean, this game is a looker. I think that this this might be one of the most beautiful games we see, you know, uh, of this year. It's so, so gorgeous. But 
the combat as well. Like Matt said, it, it looked crazy how many different, you know, uh, uh, weapon variants there were when she was fighting that giant, you know, mammoth. The, the, the way the combat flows between, you know, uh, uh, melee and ranged combat was also something that really stuck out to me because being able to being able to pull it off to where you can go from, you know, close combat melee to, you know, ranged combat in, you know, a, a couple of seconds. And it's not, you know, extremely painful because you're having to go into your inventory and switch weapons and, you know, do all that. It looked like it was just the click of a button. It was so smooth. I think that there's there's so much to be excited about with this game, other than the fact that it looks good and that it, you know, clearly is running well. I think that, you know, this game is it's going to be a big, big contender for Game of the Year, and it's going to be a heavy hitter on the PS5 altogether. You know, it's funny how just a couple of weeks ago, I'm pretty sure we were talking about how, you know, barring any crazy results, we think we have an idea of how the Game of the Year uh, we, th- we, we have an idea of how that's gonna, how that's gonna roll. And the thing is, is that in the last couple of weeks, we've just gotten an insane amount of content from, you know, Dying Light 2 and for Horizon Forbidden West. And we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to another game here in a few minutes. But it, it's wild how, one thing that we've consistently said as well is, man, I don't know how any game could look better than this one that we're playing. You know, insert game title here. You know, I think with Resident Evil Village, it was, man, how can a game look better than this? Returnal, how could a game look better than this? But then, you know, we, we still have games like Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. We still have Horizon Forbidden West, Dying Light 2 looks fantastic. You know, all these games coming out that we seem to be saying that for, it's definitely, we've hit a, a we've definitely hit a milestone achievement in creating video games as an industry we definitely hit that moment where it seems like just when everything can't get any better it somehow does and i think horizon forbidden west is going to be an example of that i think zero dawn was a great game and it's a game that i think any any playstation owner should play especially considering it was free for a little bit it might still be i don't know um but i think that i think that there's only room for this franchise to go up because there were things to improve on in the first game. Like I said, there were characters I was not really a huge fan of that you could have taken out and the game wouldn't really lost anything. Uh, voice acting was okay from some, but it was kind of lackluster. Uh, there's There was definitely room for improvement in that game, and that was a game I said I would have given a 9 out of 10. So I think that this is a game that is going to build upon the mythos of Zero Dawn. And it's going to expand that universe, and it's going to really, uh, like Kyle said, it's going to be a game of the year contender. I feel like we can all agree on that because, I mean, at this point, this is one of this. PlayStation just keeps putting out heavy hitters. You know, we keep saying be patient, Xbox owners, because Halo Infinite is coming, and you know, Microsoft had the Bethesda deal and all that. And but the thing is, is that we haven't seen any of it yet, so we can only talk so much about it, unfortunately. Um, but the last game to talk about, and this is the one that I know me and Kyle are supremely excited about. Um, I did not think back in 2012, 2013, when, um, when I got Far Cry 3, I did not think that nine years later, eight years later, I would be talking about Far Cry 6. 
Like that's that's kind of wild. Cause Far Cry Three is one of my favorite games of all time. I love Far Cry Four. I loved Far Cry Five, even though I thought it was a bit of a step back. Far Cry Six though looks like it's go- it has a chance to be one of the best in the series, if not the best. Um, Kyle, me and you have talked about this before. If you play a Far Cry game for one thing, you've got to play it for the villain. And this time around, it seems to be even more the case than ever. Absolutely, I. I don't even I don't even know where to begin with this game. Far Cry is one of my favorite series. I have loved the Far Cry series. And I mean there's just so much to be excited about. I I would I would go as far as to say that this might be one of the games I'm the most excited about this year. Um so the first thing I want to talk about is the weapons. Oh boy, that is so interesting that they are making the weapons not, you know, you're not using M16s, you're not using, you know, rocket launchers and, you know, uh, uh, sniper rifles. You're using weapons that are made out of, like, scrap metal. There's a, there's a minigun that's made out of a motorcycle engine. There's a gun that shoots CDs. I mean, it, you know, the, the, there's, there's so much to look at here with, you know, how creative there being i think that it's very easy to make a first person shooter and just drop some regular guns in there you know it's it's not very i don't want to say imaginative but the guns already exist you know just drop them in the game call them something else and we'll call it a day they didn't do that with this game they are making their own weapons and making them unique to far cry 6 and i think that is definitely something that should be talked about because that's impressive that they are ha- they're putting so much thought, so much imagination into this game. Going beyond that, the backpack mechanic. That is one of the coolest new things about this game is, you know, you're carrying around this backpack that can be a flamethrower. It can be, you know, a, a missile launcher. Um, it, there's, there's so many, obviously, other upgrades we'll probably see. I think there was one where it, it looked like he was, it looked like he had a jetpack. There's so there's so much I think that you know uh, there's so much possibility with not only the the unique weapons but also the the unique mechanics like of the of the backpack I'm excited to see all the upgrades and all the all the abilities we're gonna get with it I think that this game is gonna this game is gonna be packing a lot of punches and it's it, I'm sorry this I'm just I'm just blown away I'm still blown away I saw the trailer. When it came out, I think I think we said a week ago. I'm still blown away by it. I still have no words because I've I, I'm speechless. This this game just looks so good and it it it, it ran so smooth. I'm excited. I, I'm sorry. I'm so beyond excited for this game. I'm right there with you. There's no apologies needed because I have said that this now is 100 the game I'm most hyped for this year. Uh, I love the setting as well. The setting of Yara, it, it, it harkens back a little bit to the days of uh, of Far Cry 3 and even Far Cry 2 a little bit when that one took place um, in a village in Africa. Uh, Far Cry 3 obviously took place in, I believe, an island that I think was considered to be in the Bermuda Triangle. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it harkens back to all of that where it's this more tropical location a little bit, but there's clearly different areas. You know, there's a village, there's your more forest and, you know, like, you know, more jungle setting. There's more of a, of a town of a city. And then there's the capital city of Yara. 
And I, I like the variety. I think that that's one thing that kind of held Far Cry 5 back is there was not a lot of variety. Um, but Matt, I want to go to you with this because I know me and you, we've had a lot of critical discussions about Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5 is a really, really, really good game. Uh, but it definitely had some issues. What issues do you hope Far Cry 6 kind of addresses and um, and I, I don't want to say fix necessarily because that'll make it sound like it was a broken game. But what 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 uh, changes are you hoping to see from Far Cry Five to Far Cry Six? Uh, I'm definitely hoping to see a much stronger narrative for the villain. I didn't really feel like uh, correct me if I'm wrong. His name is Joseph Seed. Yes, correct? sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I I didn't really get his character at all. Like he was a religious nut. I got that. And he has his, his cult of followers and it felt so off from previous far cry games that, you know, typically had, you know, you had like your drug Lord type of character, which, uh, with this, with far cry six, it seems like they're fixing that issue that I had with, you know, far cry five. And I'm definitely liking the more customizations. It's more based around weapons in the vehicles and, you know, Far Cry 5 did have that, but it just was so, you know, this is your vehicle here. Can't really do much with it. And I'm, I'm big on customization, especially in games like this. And uh, talking about that CD gun, the fact that uh, it was basically built for what looked like it would be a radio playing the Macarena, which that song's going to be stuck in my head while I'm playing this game, I swear. And uh, <laughs> another thing I like to point out was I like the fact that I, it looks like one of your companions is an alligator, like, that's really really cool an alligator wearing some kind of scarf i guess maybe there's gonna be some customization with them and then at the very end of that trailer we saw the dog i don't want to get his name wrong but i think it was like chorizo chorizo yeah okay i thought that was really cool there and i'm just wondering what like what it's going to add to the gameplay um maybe he'll just be like you know carrying additional ammo and other and other things if you like you you know your pockets get full but yeah, with Far Cry Five, it was it was a great game, but this game, I'm I'm hoping to see that the ending. Like that's far from now. We can't really discuss how we think this game's gonna end. We don't really know how the story's gonna fully go. But it, Far Cry Five had this ending, and it just made me feel like everything that I did was for nothing. Like I explored this giant open world. I fought all the uh, the seed, uh, Joseph Seed, Faith. I can't. Remember. Remember the other dudes, uh, the two's names, unfortunately. John, uh, John right Seed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those guys right there. Um, I'm hoping to see some more inventive, better boss battles, especially with the fact that there's so much emphasis on weapons here. And I am uh, hoping that, you know, by the time that I beat Far Cry 6, I want to feel accomplishment. I want to feel like, you know, everything that I did was for, wasn't for nothing. Like Far Cry 5 made me feel. So more emphasis with, you know, the villain, which, he already looks fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, I can't. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name. I just know he was in like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But I really enjoyed what they have shown us so far. I'm looking forward to more, especially if Ubisoft does anything next week. So hopefully we'll see more there, some more gameplay. But I'm definitely excited. And um, I'm right there with you and Kyle on that. Yeah, I, I think the thing I'm most excited about with this game is the performance of Giancarlo Esposito as the villain, um, as as the president or as the dictator of Yara. I think that that's one thing that I think will make him a better villain is that, you know, we, we're going from a religious cult leader back to kind of what Far Cry 4 did, where it was a, at the, at the time, a corrupt leader of a country. 
And I think that that's going, it'll be good because, again, it gives you a sense of scale. It gives you a sense of, you know, you really do feel like one person going up against an army. I'll say this, too, because I think this is something that nobody's talked about yet, or at least I haven't seen anybody. If anybody has talked about this, forgive me. Um, but I, I like that there's a little more sense of realism uh to this game you know i think that with far cry 5 for example i'm not saying it wasn't realistic but is it is it kind of weird to think about just you know random civilians you know no matter who they are like old people just picking up an you know an m16 like kyle said or an ak and just being able to handle it being able to handle firing it and handling the kick it just all felt kind of a little off to me and i get that the whole point of it was kind of that commentary on guns and you know how people use them but i like the idea of being more of a a more guerrilla warfare i think i'm pronouncing that right um i'm I'm trying to pronounce that the best i can um more so just doing whatever you can doing whatever it takes to win the fight and using everything at your disposal like kyle said a motorcycle engine a cd player a radio um, just just finding and or even using a car battery to power a weapon. I think that was something else they talked about in in the game. I like that it's more grounded. You don't feel like this, you know, this OP hero. You're gonna feel very grounded, and I feel like as the game goes along, that's the whole point. Is you're learning the whole time. You're growing. You're getting more used to the combat, and in turn, your character becomes stronger. Um, that's the kind of progression I love in games, and that's why I think ultimately uh, that is 100% my hope, most hyped game of the year. But speaking of most hyped games of this year, we're going to have a good episode next week, and we already know that because obviously Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, as we've said multiple times this episode, releases later this week, and we cannot wait to talk about that next week. It's already getting great reviews. Uh, we're expecting a fantastic game out of it, and it better be because the PS4 game was garbage. But that'll do it for this episode of Side Mission. For the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank y'all for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.